Welcome to TBN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, guest host Bobby Schuler talks with Grammy award-winning Christian music artist Mandisa as she shares her testimony and reveals how you can overcome life's challenges. Welcome to Praise. We're so glad you're joining us tonight. Man, we have a good audience tonight. Yeah. And uh, we hope that you're as energetic as our studio audiences. And, you know, we just want to say to you, look, if you're watching tonight and you're, you had a rough day today or you had a rough week or a rough year and you just are feeling like you're going through a tough time in your life, maybe you're stuck in a rut, tonight's message is for you. And I'm going to encourage you tonight to be sort of um, uh, patient and obedient in listening to the story we're about to hear. I believe if you don't change the channel and you stick with this story, you're going to leave a different person. Mm-hmm. The main thing we want you to hear tonight is the power, the power of God. You know, when we're going through a dark time in life, the power of God to pull us out of those tough times. And we want you to know whatever it is you're going through, you're not what you do, you're not what you've done, you're not your past, you're not what's been done to you, mm-hmm. you're not what you have, you're not what's been taken from you, you're not what people say about you. You are beloved, you're a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. And even now, in, in, in the midst of all your imperfections and flaws and all the things, God just speaks over you love and power, and he wants you to know you and him are going to get through this. And that's what we're here to tell you tonight. Tonight's story is one, from one of the greatest uh, Christian singers uh, in the world, Mendiza. And we're just so thrilled to have you here tonight. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, you've got a lot of fans, not only in the house tonight, but uh, a lot of fans in the studio. Mm-hmm. Let's, for those of you who don't, don't know you, I'm sure there's not many of those, but for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I think most people came to know me on the fifth season of American Idol. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time before American Idol too, you know? Sure. What was American I, Idol like? Well, it was a, a, the roller coaster of my life. I mean, the, the best of times, and if yeah. I'm being honest, some of the worst times as well. Yeah, interesting. But I feel like, and actually the lesson that I learned the last three years, I feel like God really started teaching me that lesson during that season on American Idol because it's hard. Anytime that you are walking with Jesus and you're walking in on a national platform, you're going to have some stuff coming up against you. And so I definitely did, but I'm I'm still here, and God still used my story. That's right. <laughs> great. That's great. And uh, you didn't win American Idol, but you are one of the crowd favorites, and your career really took off after that, didn't it? I mean. Yeah, you know, it's funny when I think of everything that has happened since American Idol, because I came in ninth place, and to yeah. be honest, You don't usually hear a whole lot from people who came in ninth place, but the fact that so many doors have been open, I honestly, I'm not blowing smoke here. I really do attribute it to the grace of God and not my own gifting, which he gave me. I'm very thankful for that, but it really is simply because God is good and he's good at using the foolish things of this world. Yeah, did you, was this a dream you had in your life? I mean, that's a good word. I mean, is this a dream you had in your heart to be able to bring your music to the world? Is that an old dream or a new, newish dream? Or Yeah, no, it's something I always wanted to do. I remember being a little girl in my bathroom, and my curling iron was my microphone, <laughs> and I'm about to awesome. show my age, but it was cassette tapes back in my day. Yeah, me too. Uh, 
<laughs> and so I remember listening to my Whitney Houston cassette tapes sure. and I put a towel on my hair and you know, I'm a curling iron and I pretended that I was a superstar. Um, but when I came to know Jesus at 16, my dreams started, it's just started shifting a little bit and it didn't happen all at once. I still wanted to be a superstar, but after American Idol, my dream really changed and I wanted to not just do music that made people dance. I like doing music that makes people dance, but I want them to be dancing because they are set free because yes. it's glorifying God and edifying yeah, people. Awesome. And we're going to get into this in just a little bit, but people are going to have an opportunity to hear your story about how sometimes success can do this, sometimes um, a lack of success. I know like waiting for your yeah. dream to come true, a lot of these things can trigger moments in our life where we feel like we're stuck in a place we're never going to get out yeah, of. Absolutely. And the thing that you want people tonight to hear is God's going to get them out. Absolutely. If you have ever made a decision to say, I want you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior, that means that you are written in the Lamb's book of life. And that doesn't just mean that it applies to when we get to heaven. That actually means it applies to right here on earth. And so I'm a living witness. He doesn't say that it's always going to be easy and he doesn't say it's always going to be good. He does say that he will use all things to make it good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So that's, it wasn't always good, but he made good out of it. So you had this Incredible, uh, your career has been incredible. I mean, you, you make an unbelievable music. People love your albums and your music. You're touching hearts across the country. But it's not always so easy, is it? No. Um, and I, you know, I kind of learned that the hard way. I've had several different albums. I don't think I realized how many that I put out, but my album that I think I'm most known for is called Overcomer. And it was inspired, as you just saw, by my friend Keisha. Um, she was pregnant with her second child when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I really wanted an album. I really wanted songs to help her stay in the fight till the final round. Yeah. That's a line from that song, Overcomer. And that's, that was the purpose. Like she was the motivation behind not just that song, but the whole album. I call that album like my fighting. It's my warfare album because I was mad at the devil. And I was saying to him, you are not going to take my friend. Um, and as I prayed, I really believed that God was going to heal her. And I mean, heal her here on earth. You know, yeah. I, I realize, you know, I realize that eternity is real. And I realize that when we leave, that we go to spend eternity yeah. with heaven. But when I was praying for my friend, I wanted her healing here. Yeah. And so as on I prayed, as it is in heaven. exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not somebody who claims healing always for all people. But as I prayed, I believe that God said he was going to do that. Yeah. So Keisha delivered her son, Brennan. Um, he was born perfectly healthy. He'll turn four in June. Um, and so that was the first answer to prayer. But Keisha had one year with Brennan before she went home to be with Jesus. And it's just not the way I thought the story was gonna end. And if I'm being honest, I was angry. Yeah. Um, I don't think I realized it at the time, but I was disappointed because I thought, that God tricked me. I thought that he said one thing. And then I thought, well, maybe he did it. Maybe I just can't hear from the Lord. So I just shut him out. I shut everybody out. I didn't answer my phone. I didn't um, respond to text messages. At one point, my pastor and another great friend of mine were banging on my door. I just completely ignored them because I didn't want anything to do with Jesus or Jesus people. And so it was a really, really dark time for me. Yeah, I feel like it can be really hard when you're in a season of grief the people that are supposed to comfort you, it often feels like they're trying to fix you. Mm -hmm. Were you feeling that way a bit? 
A little bit. I will say this. I think that in the moments when I did think that, that it was less what they were doing. It was more about me listening to that lie from the enemy. Yeah. What lie? Um, well, a lot of them. Yeah. Here's what I've discovered about the tactics, tactics of the enemy is that he's been using the same tricks from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, he, he knows the word of God. And so that's mm -hmm. the first thing we have to know is that yeah. he will take the word of God and he'll twist it just enough. He'll put just a little bit of truth in there to make you start to cling to it, but then he'll just turn it a little bit. And so give me an example of that. So the biggest one for me, um, when I was in that dark season and I was shutting out everybody, the one thing that I turned to was my old vice, which was food. Um, I had been on a weight loss journey ever since Simon made fun of me on national television, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, my second album was called Freedom. My yeah. third album, there's a song called Stronger. And the, I remember the day that that song came out, I stepped on a scale and I had lost 100 pounds exactly. Wow. Since then, I had lost over 120 pounds. Wow. But when Keisha died and I began shutting out the world and shutting out Jesus, I started to turn back to food. And so I gained every 120 of those pounds back. And then in that three-year period where I was in the dark, I gained 75 more on top of that. So almost 200 pounds I gained in three years. And so when I started listening to, here's the lie that the enemy told me. Mandisa, Jesus does not want you to be in this kind of pain. You are a child of God. And there's no way that this is the abundant life that he wants you to live. So if you were to take your life right now, you could be in heaven with him. Mm. You see, there's a little yeah. bit of truth there. He doesn't want me to live yeah. in that misery yeah. and in that darkness. And it's true that when I do leave this world, that I am going to be in heaven with him. But he is going to be the one that's going to choose when that's going to happen. It's not going to be at my own yeah. hand. That's right. So that is... It's what he did to Adam and Eve. It's what he did to Eve. You know, did God really say? Yeah. It's what he did to Jesus. That's you know, right. Did God really say, if you were to throw yourself off of this building, you know, the angels are going to lift you up. Like, it's the same tactic that he has used throughout all of time, and it almost worked for me. Yeah, and I, I feel so, this is such a good point that that the first part you said is true, but then there's that ergo. Therefore, then you take your own life. Yeah. And that, that horrible, um, and, and maybe you're, you're watching tonight and you're hearing that, that same voice. We just want you to know, man, don't give up on this life. God has a calling yeah. and a purpose for you. Mm -hmm. Look at what God has done in Medisa's life and in so many others. We just want you to know, if you're hearing that voice, you know, take your life, go to heaven now, reject that because you don't want to miss out on the great purpose uh, that you have in your life. That's right. You're never going to, I've talked to so many people who were in a place you were and none of them, you know, they all say, I, I, I wouldn't have realized later how good my life would yeah. have been. And, and everybody says, when I look back, you know, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Everybody says mm. that, you know. Yeah, it's interesting to me how I, during that season, I thought I was the only one. I thought nobody knows what this feels like. And I look back now and it's, exact, it's exactly, exactly what you said, that the enemy is going to try, he's coming after everybody, but yeah. those that are followers of Jesus, those who have a calling on their lives to spread the gospel and the light, he's going to come after us even harder. And so we cannot expect for Christians to not go through this. We can't yeah. expect for Christians not to commit suicide. It's because the enemy is coming full force after us That's because right. he's scared of us and he should be. Such a good and so word. that is what we have to remember that if you're hearing that voice, it means the enemy's trying to take you out. And so the fact that he's doing that means that he's terrified of you and he should be because you've got resurrection power. That's living inside right. Of you. That's right. It's a good word you know I that is so right
And it's so important for Christians to hear that Christians go through depression. Yeah. Christians struggle with thoughts of, of suicide. Christians struggle with addiction. Yes. These are things that the enemy puts in our life to delay our purpose mm -hmm. and our destiny. And in fact, I just think, I often think that we shouldn't pray for an easy life. We should pray mm -hmm. for a stronger heart, and a stronger mind to be tougher. Yeah. And... It's, it's amazing you say that because that's what God has been teaching me a lot lately. Mm -hmm. I was just watching um, a movie. Have you heard of Joey and Rory? They're at, they, they no. did country music. No, and, I'm sorry. So there is a movie. It's called. I'm from California. Oh, we have a lot of country out here. <laughs> From Tennessee. So, well, I'm from California too, but I live in Nashville, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that explains sure. that. Um, there's a movie called To Joey With Love. And Joey was a woman who was strong in her faith and loved Jesus with all of her heart. Yeah. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer and the treatment wasn't working. And so as she was deciding that she wasn't going to go through chemo anymore, she asked for prayer. And she did ask that people would pray for a miracle. But here's what I love that she said. She said, yes, pray for a miracle because God does still do that. But she said, even more than that, pray that God would give me the strength to accept whatever his will is. Mm. And so that is what I am learning is that we pray a lot for, you know, financial things and for healing and for, you know, the, the thorns to be removed. As I'm reading the Bible, I'm finding that God cares more about what's happening inside of our hearts as we face those things. And so yes. I believe in asking like Jesus did, asking for the things to be moved. I believe in asking, can this cup be removed from me? But I also believe in God really wants to answer the prayer. Help me to have the strength of will to accept whatever it is that your perfect will is. Yeah. And so I'm just finding that my prayers are changing. I still pray for healing, but I also say, Lord, whatever your purpose and your plan is for this, help me to have the strength to accept whatever that is. That is so good. I, I think very often when talking about this kind of thing, about how the people of Israel left Egypt slaves, but not only slaves, but with a slave mentality. Yeah. So they were free yeah. on the outside, but they were still slaves on the inside. Mm. But when they arrived to the promised land, they had power, yeah. they had purpose, they had calling, but they had to go through a lot. In fact, one of the first battles they go through, they've crossed the, uh, the Red Sea and they're attacked by the, I think they're called the Amalekites. Mm. And Moses tells Joshua, you go down there and you fight them. And he goes up on the hill and he, and he holds up his hands with Aaron and her holding his yeah. hands. And when his hands are up, they're winning. And when they're down, they're losing. And the story, of course, is that praise, worship, yeah. prayer, and just essentially yeah. enduring, like holding your hands up for hours and hours and hours is hard. Absolutely. And so what we learn from that story is like, it actually says that, that God hated the Amalekites and blotted out their name. So did God send that attack on them? No. But did God use it to make them a people yeah. of the promised land, mm -hmm. a people of purpose? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the stuff that we go through, God didn't give your friend cancer. Yeah. Right. And we can feel that way. When, we're, when we get cancer or when we go into these things, we can think God is punishing me because of this thing I did or this mm -hmm. whatever. We all have stuff. And, and we just, we got to just tell people, look, yeah. God's not attacking you, yeah. but he's going to make you stronger. Yeah smarter, fuller, mm -hmm. deeper, mm -hmm. right? There are some things that you can only get by walking through a valley. Um, we're not always going to be on a mountaintop. And that's another thing that God has really been showing me is that as much as I would love for the pain to be removed, it's often in the pain, it's often in the fire that he's really shaping us and sculpting us more into his image. And so, yeah, I wish that my friend were still here. Um, and yeah, I, I think about her boys that were left and her husband, Brianna's, that is left to raise 
you know, they're boys. But here's what I know is that if we're going to call ourselves men and women of faith, that when we face situations that require faith, that we cannot back down, that that's actually the time where we have to rise up and actually believe what it is that we are, are preaching about, what it is that yes. we are singing about. And yes. so as much as I would love for things to always be easy, I'm learning that it's in the difficult times that God is teaching me the most. And it was honestly in that dark period where I thought that there was no way out. I saw no hope whatsoever. It's actually now that I have this new music out of the dark that I'm seeing how God is using even those difficult things, the weak things, the horrible things I wish I could take away. He's actually using that to minister to more people. So, so, so awesome. That's how he works. Yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> and I, and I, I just want to talk a little bit about this because when people of faith, you know, you've been a Christian for years, your whole life maybe, people, maybe you're a pastor, people look to you um, in some form of ministry or you volunteer at your church and people are like, you know, she's this pinnacle of faith and then she goes into depression or she gets caught up in some addiction. Yeah. Don't you think, tell me about, what I really want to talk about is shame. Yes. And about how Oh, I know shame, it well. <laughs> I mean, this, this idea that when you're there, you feel like you have to pretend. Yeah. This idea that if people knew this about me, they wouldn't love me or respect yeah. me anymore. Yeah. And this fear of being embarrassed or being an outsider, being disrespected, or not having the same role in my community. These are, I think, big burdens, aren't they, when you're stuck in a place like where you were stuck? Absolutely, yeah, shame is what I battle on a daily basis. Me too. And so yeah. I have found, there's a song on the deluxe album called Shame Off, because I, I, I don't think we realize how dangerous it is when we say things like, shame on you. Yes. I would never wish shame on my worst enemy. It yeah. is, it's not just feeling bad for something that you did. Yeah. It's actually feeling like you are something bad. That's it is right. taking on the identity of the mistakes that you have made. And that is not what Jesus has for us. And so one of my go-to scriptures in Psalm 34 is that those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. And so I have to actively speak out the word of God when I start to feel bad, because I make mistakes on a daily basis. Um, when I start to feel like I'm going into that dark place again, I have to speak out the word of God and I have to cancel out that shame because it is something that can overtake me just like that. Yeah. And so I think the fact that I am in such a public place, um, the fact that people, I don't know why y'all think that we don't, we're perfect and we have it all together. Yeah, that is that's right. not the case whatsoever. It just happens that God has placed us to have a public ministry, but please, please know we all go through stuff. We all right. make mistakes. And so I would never want people to think that I have it all together. I really yeah. don't. I just have a relationship with the one who does. And so yeah, that's, that's right. That's it's how I'm learning is to not be riddled with shame, to not, you know, wear that like a garment. That's why that song, Shame Off, it means so much to me is because I'm not gonna wear it anymore. I'm not, anytime I start to see that, the Lord is helping me to recognize it and to speak truth. And that's what I'm finding is that that's how you have to defeat darkness is you have to pour light onto it. And so I have to speak good. the word of God over that shame that I feel on a daily basis. It's good, it's a good word. Very often, I know as believers, we say things like, we have to love what is good and hate what is evil. That's what the scripture says, and that's true. Mm -hmm. But there is, you pointed it out, but I, I want to make sure the, our viewers catch this, that there's a difference between guilt and shame. Absolutely. Guilt is actually, in a way, kind of good. Yeah. Guilt, is, guilt says, I shouldn't have done that. That's, that's right. not me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about this, and I'm going to work on this openly, because I need help to be better with my anger or whatever. But shame yeah. says, like you said, guilt, which can be a good thing, is... Mm -hmm. That's, I shouldn't do that, or I made a mistake. 
But guilt, shame says, I am a mistake. I am a mistake, that's right. I can't manage this, yeah. so I have to hide it. Yeah. This, is, this makes me unworthy of love and belonging. Mm. And, and the thing is that all people struggle with shame. Everybody does. In fact, if you don't struggle with shame at all, it's a mental illness. Right, <laughs> but, right. But, but when, we, when, when shame gets too high, I think one way that shame comes out too is not just from not wanting to be embarrassed, but also not wanting to be a burden to others. Don't you think? Like, especially when you're in depression or something yeah. like that, that you're like, it's what you're really, your self-talk is, I'm not worthy yeah. of being heard. Yeah. I'm not worthy of an opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worthy of being invited. Mm-hmm. Um, these types of things, like, that's also kind of shame, isn't it? It is, and I, I put that on God more than anybody else. Um, and it's interesting how you can take relationships that you've had on earth and you can think that God is just a big one of those relationships. Like, no, actually God is really full of grace and mercy and love, but yeah. I think somehow in my mind, I've seen God as a mean judge who is never you know, happy with anything I do and is always disappointed. And that's not the case, that is for some reason, the identity that I put on him. And so what I'm realizing is that when I make a mistake, what, my, what I used to do is I'm horrible, woe is me. I can't even talk to God. I can't even yeah. come to him with my yeah. dirty, filthy righteousness. Like it's yeah. not righteous at all. Um, and I would stay stuck there forever. But what God is showing me is that when I recognize that I've sinned, when I've recognized that I've made a mistake, thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me that I did this. Thank you for showing me that I was quit with this person or I spoke to this person wrong or, you know, I turned to food instead of turning to you. Thank you for showing me that. Would you please forgive me? And yeah. would you help me to receive your forgiveness and help me to turn to not repeat the same mistake over and over again? And then dust yourself off and get up, like yeah. get up and go instead of yeah. being stuck in that place for so yeah. long. That's good. I think it's also important, Mindisa, and I think you would agree with this, to just acknowledge to everybody that grieving is not a sin Mm-mm. and doubting is not a sin. Yeah. <laughs> um, doubting and grief, I mean, you read that in the Psalms all the time. Jesus echoed that on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Was Jesus sinning when he said that? Mm-hmm. So we've all felt that in our hearts. We felt neglected by God. We've wondered where he is. And, but of course, the Psalms turn and say, but in the end, you know, you are faithful. But sometimes when we're there, we kind of hold on to that. We don't want to say that. And I kind of feel like sometimes that's okay. Well, I, so that was a big thing that now I'm finally dealing with, with the loss of my friend Keisha is I was so angry at God and I didn't realize that because I stuffed it down with food. Um, But now that he has pulled me out of the dark, I'm dealing with it. And I went to her gravesite for the first time um, on Easter Sunday of all days. That was the first time that I went and yeah, I am finally grieving the loss of my friend and I miss her terribly. And I still think that it would be better if she were here, but here's what I am, is that I am saying to the Lord, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand why you allowed this to happen. In my opinion, it would have been better if she were here and she could have a ministry and she could talk about the healing. But here's what I say, Lord, is that you are God and I am not. Um, I don't understand why this happened, but here's what I do. I trust who you are. I trust your character. I trust your nature. And I do know that you know better than I do. Um, And so even when I don't understand his ways, I'm learning 
to rest in who he is. And Good. what he is showing me is that I need to bring him my disappointment. That instead of stuffing it down and acting like I don't feel it, um, that if you feel it, the best person to bring it to is to him. Yeah. And so the first song actually that I wrote for Out of the Dark is called Prove Me Wrong. And this <laughs> is my, I'm gonna tell you how I feel. I'm angry. The first line is, you could have healed her. You've done it before. Um, and so that is, that's my very honest. It's not the kind of song that is tied up with a nice little Christian bow. Mm -hmm. It's my, this is really how I feel. I'm gonna let you have it. And I'll be honest, it doesn't end in a pretty way. Like it still ends with all the doubt and the, I don't get why you did this. Yeah. But I will say this, that after I recorded it and I heard it for the first time, I was in the living room with a bunch of my friends. We were listening to some of the songs on my album. It kind of turned into a worship experience. Yeah. But as I listened to my recording of that song the very first time at the end of it, after me saying, I dare you God to prove me wrong, I feel like I heard the Holy Spirit say, Mandisa, you challenged me to prove you wrong. I just did. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? See, I feel like there is something really amazing that when we're going through the valley of life and we try and do it on our own, and I, and I almost feel like it, like when we try and become God's attorney as though we needed one or like to def we're like defending God to ourselves, I feel like it's a bad place to be. I think it's so much healthier to be like David. Yeah. I think it's like three quarters of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Yeah. God, why have you let me yeah. down? Where are you? And isn't it funny, like, when you, go, when you bleed and just open your heart, like, God, why did you let me down? That sometimes that's the exact thing you needed that's to exactly get some freedom and relief yeah. from the, the pressure and grief yeah. that you're feeling. It's funny you mentioned David because that's who I learned from, is that he poured out his heart, and that's what I feel like God was saying to do. So that's why I wrote Prove Me Wrong, and that's why I'm learning. If I feel it, I'm going to give it to God, just like David did. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. I, I just watched a music video with 19 million views on YouTube. Does that sound right? I and think so, Overcomer. It was an amazing video. And um, with a number of um, influential people and pop culture athletes and watching them overcome. And of course, you were talking about how you wrote that song for your friend who ended up in a way not overcoming and in the sense that you wanted to see her cured of cancer and she died and the grief. So I want to just go from there. Where were you in your career um, when she passed? And like, what, what were the steps like? like it's so interesting thinking about <laughs> God's timing with everything because so Overcomer was my fourth um, regular studio album. And all four of my albums had been nominated for Grammys for Pop Gospel Album of the Year, and I'd never won any of them, and I assumed I wasn't gonna win this one either. And so actually, um, Keisha was not doing great at the time of the Grammys, and I was already kind of starting to go into that place. I just, I wasn't seeing things the way that I thought that they were um, gonna go. And so I didn't go to the Grammys that year, and when they said that Overcomer was the pop gospel album of the year, like I have a video of me in my living room watching it on the computer. I was like, oh my gosh. And then my phone started blowing up and I'm oh, crying and everybody's man. calling me. Um, but it's interesting to me that of all of the albums to win that crazy award, um, that it would be the one album that it's hard for me to sing. The one album that when I think about being an Overcomer, as much as I loved hearing, you know, that God used that song to help other people in their fights, I wanted the person who inspired the song to be 
the truest overcomer here on earth. And yeah, I, it just wasn't, it wasn't how I would have planned for it to go. Um, I would have loved for me to walk onto that stage and accept, you know, the Grammy for Pop Gospel Album of the Year with my friend Keisha, you know, hand in hand to say, this is the inspiration behind the album, but it didn't go that way. And um, to this day, I cannot sing that song without thinking about her. But here's what I'm learning. Um, there's a passage in Revelation 12, I believe. Uh, Revelation 12, verse 11. It says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Mm -hmm. And I would always end the scripture there, but I feel like when Keisha passed away that when I was still talking to Jesus, that God showed me that there's actually more to that scripture that we kind of leave off. Um, the rest of that scripture says, for they did not love their life so much as to fear death. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That yeah. changes everything for me because yeah. Keisha loved Jesus. And I know she is watching right now. And she's thinking, Mandy's, you have no idea. If you could see where I am right now, you would know that I truly did overcome in the best way possible. Yeah. And not just that, but something about what God has done with this story, um, I feel like is making her story go even further. It's helping people that maybe did not overcome in the way that they wanted to. Maybe they went into a dark place like I did. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Keisha's story is continuing to live on and continuing to minister to people who may not have been ministered to if everything was happily ever after and she right. came out and was healed and had a great ministry. Like there are some people that I think can be reached um, through the message of what happened after Keisha went to be in glory um, that maybe would not have been had the story gone in a different way. Well, and the other thing is like, for example, even on that YouTube video, one of the top comments was, this song literally saved my life. Mm. And you wonder that maybe God using her death to help you, I mean, I hate to say like, God didn't kill her, obviously, or give her cancer, right. but in helping you learn in the midst of that, how to turn that into yeah, something beautiful like the, these songs. Yeah. How maybe a lot of people are getting exactly what they need to get through what they're going through. I think so. And I think that is, that's a great lesson for, for all of us. When I think of why, why does he allow things like this to happen? Um, because we live in a fallen world. Because mm -hmm. we're not made to feel comfortable here um, because we're not made for this place. This is not our eternal home. And so, you know, if there's somebody and yeah, I just get in my mind, there is somebody that's saying, well, if this God is so good and so powerful and so loving, why does he allow things like this to happen? And let me tell you, it's because we live in a fallen world and because he has given us free will. And so there are gonna be some things that you're not gonna understand. There's gonna be some situations that you're gonna wish went in a different way. But here's what God promises, not that everything will be good, but that he will work all things for your good. Yeah. If you have Jesus living in your heart, that means that you are an overcomer. That's what he says in 1 John 4. He says, you dear children are from God and you have overcome them. And here's why, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That doesn't mean that everything is gonna be great and easy. It simply means this, that at the end of our lives, that we are headed someplace much better. And when we get there, we're going to look at what happened here and we're going to think that was nothing. Like compared to the glory that awaits us in heaven, like I think we say heaven and we just think, oh yeah, heaven. No, 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 no. Please understand. 
Heaven is going to blow our minds. We can, our minds cannot even imagine what is waiting for us. And That's right. here's what I believe is that everything that happens here on earth, like we are preparing and we are being shaped more and more into the image of Jesus. And yeah. please, Lord, help me to take as many people as I possibly can to heaven so that when I get there, yeah. that I will be able to look back and say it was all worth it. And right. thank you, Jesus, that you used absolutely everything in order to get some more people um, right. here in eternity with you. And God, you know, the, the enemy wants to take out. Yeah, that's right. I just always believe that the greater the calling on your life and the greater purpose God has for you, the more prone you're going to be to depression, addiction, flaws. Because I think that if you don't have a big calling on your life, I sort of feel like the enemy just leaves them alone or something. But it's like the more you pain, the more pain you go through, the greater your purpose. Yeah. And I, and I think there's really something to that because when we're in the midst of all of that pain and grief and trial, to just think like, okay, this is for something bigger mm -hmm. than what it is I'm going through. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, for you, you had legit, I mean, you had like legit real depression. Like it wasn't like you were just grieving. I mean, you were, you were stuck. I was stuck. I, how long? It was three years. Um, and I... I stayed there. And it, what I've learned about darkness is that it is completely overwhelming. I could see no hope whatsoever. I, I thought, I don't know if I can live this way anymore. And while I wasn't ready to, you know, end it myself, I was asking God to. In those few times when I would talk to God, yeah. um, the only thing I said was, just kill me. Like, clearly, you don't have a purpose for me. Like, clearly this is, I can't see my way out of this. So why don't you just take me, like, just end my life. Um, and thank God he didn't. And thank God that he still has a story. And I feel like I want people to know when we talk about a great calling, that that is not measured by how the world measures it. That's like, right, yeah. it's not about how large your platform is. It's not yeah. about how many people, you know, that you can minister to on a stage. Like if you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, you have a great calling. Like That's that right. is just, you are marked That's for right. destiny. And so you could be ministering to your children. You could be a teacher, like whatever it is that and you I, do. I would also add to that, that that calling is the thing that's going to make you happiest. Yeah. Because like, obviously most people aren't going to be like a star in Hollywood or something. Mm -hmm. But that a big part of your destiny is also just kind of finding a place where you really belong and thrive. Absolutely. Don't you think? I mean, so, yeah. so it's like, oh, you're saying my calling's not going to be as good as them. Again, no, it's like you said, it's not the world standards, but it's like God has something yeah. so unique for you that when you get there, you're going to be so full of joy, Absolutely. purpose, life. You're going to be making such a big difference. Mm -hmm. uh, That's the best place to be. You know, yeah. I know we live in sort of a celebrity obsessed society and yeah. everybody wants their 15 minutes. And I know that's kind of strange coming from me, but I want to say this, that there are people that can be searching after fame and be completely missing what God's true calling is for them. And honestly, you will never be more content than when you're walking straight with the will of God. So what do you say? Good work. So someone's watching right now and they're going in and out of stuff like this. Probably, probably feeling a lot of shame because, mm -hmm. oh, Christians aren't supposed to go into depression. If I was really a person of faith, this wouldn't happen mm -hmm. to me. What do you say to that person right now who's just in bed kind of watching yeah. on TV? I mean, Yeah, well, there's three things that God um, used to help pull me out of the dark. Um, the first is flashes of light. Um, 
it was so dark, it was so overwhelming, I could not see my way out. But here's the thing about darkness, is while it's overwhelming, it only takes a flash, like a little flicker um, to chase out the darkness. And I've seen this in concerts where one person will lift up their cell phone. Have y'all seen that? Where yeah. somebody just lights up their cell phone yeah. and then it spreads. Um, that's what it takes, a flash of light. And so for me, one of the things that happened that God uses a flash of light was I wasn't listening to Christian radio, but one day I just kind of got an urge um, and I put on my Christian radio station and there was a song by Casting Crowns called One Step Away. And there was a line in it that said, you're one step away from arms wide open, one step away from coming home. That was a flash of light for me. It was as if God flooded in and said, that's you, I'm talking to you, Mandisa. So that, it, it just takes those little flashes. And so I wanna encourage you, if you feel completely in the dark, ask God to give you a flash of light. That is a prayer that he would love to answer. And he can do it in a lot of ways through music. Every time you open up your Bible, there's a flash of light, a big old flash of light. Like yep. it can take a comment from somebody else, whatever it is, Ask God to give you a flash of light. Okay. The second thing is the family of God. Thank you, Jesus, that I have got some people who love me um, and fought for me because I shut everybody out. Mm -hmm. And there was one point when um, the one time I left my house, I went to the movies. Um, I saw the movie um, War Room only because my song Press On was in it. That's the only reason <laughs> I saw it. Um, it was a Christian movie. And if I'm being honest, it made me kind of upset because I don't want to do any spoilers or anything, but it ends very nicely. Like they all live happily ever after. And I thought at the end of that movie, that's not real life. That's not what happened with me. I prayed wow. and I begged and that was not my story. Uh, and so- It was like your story though, but it with a, with a happy ending. Yeah, it was with a happy ending in the movie. And so I remember- frustrating for you. Very. I walked out of the theater, I was really mad. Um, and still it was a flash of light but when I left the theater I actually saw two movies I don't even remember what the other one was but so I was there for four hours when I came out my car had a bunch of sticky notes all over it and they said things like we love you and we miss you and come back to us and I didn't know what that was about until I got closer to my car and I saw about eight of my friends who were there, they had been camping out of that movie theater for four hours waiting for me. And they had an intervention. <laughs> they, wow. they essentially said this, we love you just as you are, but we love you too much to leave you there. That was at that three year period. So and good. one of them is sitting right over there. You're gonna see him playing guitar for me in a little bit. But thank you, Jesus, for the family of God who fights for you. Because you were talking about, you know, as they were lifting the arms of Joshua, so those are my friends. They yep. fought for me and they essentially said, we're not gonna let you do this any longer. So they yep. forced me to get counseling, which helped me to finally deal with my grief. And so again, if you're in that dark place, you need to have the family of God. I'm super single, I'm an introvert, I like my alone time, <laughs> but God is showing me, he's called us to community for a reason. Right. And so ask God, if you do not have people like that in your life, you ask God to send you some people who are Jesus loving and will shine the light of Jesus into that dark place. The third thing. Good. <laughs> so, flashes of light, family of God. The third thing is focus forward. As long as I stayed stuck in all of my mistakes and all of my regrets, I was going to stay stuck in that place. And so, what I needed to do was to 
ask for forgiveness, and then put my focus directly ahead. Mm -hmm. And just one step at a time, yeah. I gained 200 pounds. And so mm -hmm. I thought, am I really gonna go through this again? Mm -hmm. But God showed me, don't worry about how far you have to go. You just take that next step. So what good. choice can you make today? Can you choose not to eat a box of Krispy Kreme today? Can you choose, <laughs> you know, to get on your treadmill yeah. for five minutes? I couldn't even mm -hmm. do more than five minutes, mm -hmm. but I, I made that step. And then after I did that five minutes, I think I can maybe handle eight. Like it's just, you take that very next step. For me, food was overwhelming. And so I really needed help in order to think of how I could see my way out. It may not be food for you, but whatever it is, what is one thing that you can do today that is going to take you one step instead of focusing on the mistakes, focus forward and just take one step with Jesus. That's right. And that is so good. So maybe you're watching today and let this just be the flash of light for you. I'm talking to you. So you're watching tonight and you're stuck with something and you feel shame about it. Maybe you feel angry. Maybe you feel abandoned by God. This message is for you. That God has a tremendous future for you. Don't throw it away. You can get out of this rut. You and God are going to get out of this together. You just are so, so yeah. close. What a good word. And the family of God is such an important piece too, I think, because really the greatest human need is to bond deeply with others. Mm. And so at the root of addiction, of depression, and many of the other things that make us feel stuck mm -hmm. in life is our inability to feel deeply connected with others. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes people can feel like they have lots of friends, in fact, yeah. but still feel lonely. Yeah. Why is that? Well, because there, there's this certain aspect of their life, we talk about it, shame, mm -hmm. that is keeping them from saying, okay, here's 90% of me, but there's this other part I don't want you or anybody else to see. Why? Because if you saw it, mm -hmm. you would reject yeah. me. That's what we think, but that's the lie. Mm -mm. Because yeah. all of us have that 10%, that 5%, that 30%, mm -hmm. whatever it is that we keep hidden. Yeah. But what we realize is that when we reveal to others, I felt angry about that, mm -hmm. or I feel doubt about this, or um, I feel frustrated that I'm not where I want to be in life, or I wanted you know, to have kids, or I didn't want to lose my job. And by bottling it up and not being a burden to others, uh, we end up boxing yeah. ourselves off and being mm -hmm. lonely. Yeah, and that's a lie from the pit. Like, that's right. We yeah. think that I don't want to you know, be a burden on somebody yep. else. But man, if somebody were to come to you and ask you for help with something like that, would you feel like they're a burden? I think yeah. most of us would not feel that way. And I just love the family of God. I love the body of Christ because it's like I can meet somebody instantly and I can feel like they're my sister. Totally. Um, I know that feeling. Absolutely. <laughs> Jessica, she's a makeup girl. We met for the first time today. I feel like Absolutely. she's my sister. Like we've had the greatest conversation and my background singer, Janine, we're just in the makeup room. We yeah. went deep immediately. And <laughs> I love that. Like my friend Janine, we talk about, she is somebody that I can let into those dark places and yeah. I can't let everybody in. I'm probably not gonna tell you everything no, right of course, now. That's but fine. <laughs> but I've got that select group of people that I can let see everything and mm -hmm. they pray for me and they speak truth and what I learned because I am an introvert because I am super duper single um and if you're a big black born again believer with a bald head and a goatee call me um, <laughs> just want to put that in there but <laughs> I, here's the thing I do believe I will get married one that day that was awesome <laughs> Oh my gosh. But in the meantime, you know, God is dealing with my stuff. And thank you, Lord, that I didn't have a husband that I had, you know, to take care of during that season. Oh. But anyway, I just think about the fact that 
I have these people around me that when I'm isolating, and I think it is okay. I thought of Luke Cage, by the way, when you said that. I, that guy? I, I, as long I'm sorry. The, I'm the most back. important part is the born-again believer. And I yeah. don't know if he knows Jesus that well. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to say this, that if you are somebody who, like me, you need some alone time to re-energize, and maybe you're super-duper single like me, I think that it is okay. I feel like that is how Jesus was wired, too. Yeah. He would retreat and spend yeah. some time alone, but he didn't stay there. That's and so right. I think there's a difference in having some alone time and isolating. I was isolating, and that is very different because when you're isolating, that is breeding ground for the enemy, and that's when he starts whispering those lies, and you start to believe them. And so having somebody like my friend Janine that will speak truth when yeah. I am starting to listen to those lies, that's why I can tell her the dark things that I wouldn't want to tell everybody. It's because I know that she's going to shine her light into that dark place, and so that's bad. how we are to walk in community. We need to have some people that know ab absolutely everything. And just to be just to be on the pastoral side of that, yeah. some people are asking the question, what do I do for my sister, my friend, my brother, my mom, mm. my dad who's struggling yeah. with this? And you would say something like, I pr they pray for me and they'd speak truth in my life. But, and those are important things. Mm. But the most important thing, I think, is empathy. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that 90% is just showing up. Mm. Sometimes people are going through this, just need a quiet, loving presence. Like, I don't need someone to give me the answers. I don't need someone to tell me it's all going to be all right. I don't need someone to fix me. Sometimes I just need someone to give me a hug and just listen, and they almost don't even have to say anything. Absolutely. I, I think there's something really valuable about when I'm vulnerable to you as a friend, like you as a friend back to me say, of course you feel that way. Yeah. You must be heartbroken. Mm -hmm. You must be grieving. And I'm just going to sit with you yeah. and be with you in this dark place. And I don't want you to know you're not suffering alone. Yeah. I love that. The, the very first track on my album is called Voicemail Intro. It's just a snapshot of a whole bunch of voicemails that I received from my loved ones. Oh, um, wow. Are they real, like real recordings? They are, well, so I deleted all the ones yeah. that happened in real life because I didn't want to hear it at the time. Yeah. And so I just asked them, would you just re-record exactly what that's you said to me awesome. at that time? So, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I didn't answer any of those phone calls. Yum. And so I love that you said, well, what if you have a loved one who is in that place? You just keep fighting for them. You know, my my friends, my family, they called me and called me and called me and they didn't get an answer, but they kept calling and they showed up. They came to my house and they were banging on yeah. my door and they sent me text messages. Um, and I look at that and I want them, I want people to know I didn't answer any of that, but I heard it. And so even if you are fighting for your loved one and it's going unanswered, you do what you are feeling called to do. You listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. There's a song called um, The One He Speaks Through. And actually, the, um, the intro right before it, it's called Moth Disa. And that's actually my friend Janine telling a story of how she, as she was praying for me, something happened and she really felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is an example of Mandisa. And she for me. Yeah. Um, we are called as a body of Christ to fight for those loved ones. And That's sometimes right. that means calling. Sometimes it means um, showing up on their doorstep. A That's lot of times right. it means prayer. And do That's not right. ever say, all I can do is pray. The most that you can do is to pray because, Good. man, when I tell you right. the prayers of the righteous availeth much, That's there are right. some people Amen praying for me that I know I'm still here today because of. Yeah, That's right. One of the and this is a little side note. One of the questions I get asked a lot as a pastor is, is it okay to, or people don't even ask it. They, they try and hide or something, uh, medicine. And now mm -hmm. in your case, you weren't, you weren't yeah. 
you didn't need medicine while you're going through it. One of the things I just want to tell those who are watching that it's okay yeah. to take medicine if your brain chemistry is mm -hmm. off. Sometimes that opens the door for an empathetic person and for the Lord to come in. And, and most of the time, you don't have to be on those things the rest of your life. So I know there's a lot of shame about that yeah. too. And I just feel like if you're watching tonight, uh, there was a pastor who posted um, during like a mental health month, a picture of his uh, prescription that he took for his own depression. And it was, went viral because there's so many people uh, who are Christians yeah. Um, who thank God for medicine that they're able to use it. I mean, the brain is an organ just like the heart and the yeah. lungs, and sometimes it needs medicine, and that's okay. Yeah. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of so much of being stuck is us just bullying ourselves, Absolutely. being our worst mm -hmm. enemy, and the self talk like you're not worthy, you don't your your life is over, just give up, just yeah. quit. And uh, we want to teach people to remember that they're beloved sons and daughters. This interview has been so great, and we just see that, um, I see it in your heart and your eyes that, that God is continuing to do amazing things through you. You're blessing so many lives. We just want you to know, whoever you are, that Mendisa and I and so many people have been through uh, hard things in life, and we want you to know that the pain in your life, is gonna, you're going to get through it, and it will lead to your purpose. So I just want to proclaim over you in Jesus' name, every chain is broken. I want to proclaim life over you. Lord, open up heaven and I pray that you'd pour out so much joy, fullness, blessing on everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, we thank you that you can pull us out of the deepest, darkest pits. God's going to do it. He loves you. He's called you. You are His. We love you. We're rooting for you. And your best days are ahead. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.